Here's a place where all of us can be safe. Our stories of transformation can be safe, and all the things we want to research are safe here. This is Safe Space with Cheyenne. I'm really excited you're here, and I hope you stick around for a while, because I've got a lot to show you before I leave Earth. I love you guys. Hello, my friends. I have the opportunity to introduce not only one of my best friends, but also a sponsor of the show. If you've ever seen me talk about copper radiance or pop up any of my rings across my social media, this is the genius behind each one of these designs. And she's come on today to talk about whew, yoga, spiritual topics, who is copper radiance, the story of how we met, because we think it's so cute and you guys should know. But, uh, and also Jenna. just to be your friend here and just talk with you here together. <laughs> Do you see how happy and chipper her voice is? You're going to just love <laughs> listening to her calming voice. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Cheyenne. Thanks, everybody, for being here. I'm so grateful to be here. This day has been waiting to come for so long. We talked about this probably for the first time six months or longer ago. Much longer. Much longer. Much longer. <laughs> well, like, seriously, when are, down. when are we going to record? When are we going to record? Yeah, like when are we seriously talk? for the last six months. I've been like friendly hounding you. Yeah, I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> yeah. But hey, you booked it. You're here. We're doing it. We and go. we had a hell of a day before we even hit record. Yes, we did. We had so much fun today. We started off. Where did we start off? We went to Scooter's Coffee. Yes, we started off with, we met some amazing, nice women that, that made just, us some coffee. That just downloaded my podcast yes. because you were there earlier, earlier getting a coffee and you plugged me, which was super sweet. But was even better is when we pulled up to the drive-thru, they're like, we just downloaded that girl's podcast. Yeah. And to hear that was honestly a super cool moment. I haven't yeah. had that yet. They're going to hear this too, probably, hopefully. Yeah, I wish we would have got their names. We did take a selfie with it's them because okay. we just thought it was so cute. Yeah, hey, girls from Scooters, we loved you and we loved your coffee and we're still drinking it. We're still drinking it, thank you. <laughs> thank okay, you. so then after Scooters, um, we went and got some queso at Rubens yes, we and had did. our talk about what are we even going to bring up on this episode. And then you know what we decided? We decided we would talk about nothing. It's like that Seinfeld it's a, it's episode. It's a Seinfeld episode. That's what you guys are getting today. If you need to know what you're getting into, it's Seinfeld. <laughs> it's a show about nothing <laughs> and about our friendship. Okay, so mm. talk to me about Copper Radiance first because I want to get that ball rolling before yeah. I can tell everybody about how we fangirl each other for months on Instagram before we just accidentally met. Okay, so Copper Radiance. Copper Radiance was a project that I started about five years ago, I make jewelry, and it started off wire wrapping, so um, it felt very simplistic to me, and I wanted to grow and do something a little bit more intricate, and so I started electroforming, and that is basically like copper plating, so um, the same way that they would plate like gold onto something, it's that same kind of thing with copper, and I do all that now, and it's super intentional and intuitive, and so it's got a lot more depth than I started. This is like Copper Radiance 4.0 at this point. And um, I'm even about to relaunch my Etsy page. And I'm sure we'll get into all that at the end of the episode. But I'm going to be relaunching that on April 1st. And I'm going to have a bunch of new products available. So I'm really excited about that. And all this stuff is like, it's all handmade from start to finish. So it literally starts off as rocks and pieces of wire and then it turns into something honestly that has a life of its own and just 
takes on a whole world once it goes to its owner. And I think you can attest to that at some level too with your wedding ring and just like me wearing your clothes. Like the reason that those girls at Scooters had something, they, they had said to me that they liked your shirt and that's why we got on the topic of your podcast was because like they were like, oh, we just love that. And I'm like, you don't even know. This has so much intention and love and like you don't even know the quarter of it. But it's just like, I, I want my products to feel the same and just have that energetic value that pulls people in. So I feel like that's kind of where my business has taken its turns to. It's no longer just for aesthetic, but more for heart, you know? Do you think that that obviously helped you go deeper in that practice along with, I guess I would just say like your spiritual practice, like going deeper into yourself and into your healing and finding like these were just the beginning stepping stones to dive you deeper into what intentional jewelry actually is. Cause you're right. Like I've shopped your collection plenty of times and each ring has an owner. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really does. It's it does. not, it's not a one size fit all brand, which is great about it. But I go there every time I look and I'm like, I want this one. And I want this one. I just got a new Labradorite and Selenite piece <laughs> for me. And yeah. I'm obsessed with wearing them. I feel like they're my little, my little power rings. And oh, like you said, you. I have a wedding ring. I have a huge amethyst copper plated chunk that's just, it's my own. It's one of a kind. Thank you. And you're right. It is your own. Like, okay, so the the way Cheyenne and I met, we'll get into the whole story of it. But the starting point before we ever met, our first time that our energy ever met each other was you went down to the New Age Center and got that necklace that I had made. Well, I guess actually the first time would have been me tapping into the energy of the owner of that necklace, technically. Yeah, before talk we about even, our energies yeah, meeting. Yeah, I'm going to tell that. you because I made this necklace and it had a moon on it. It was a opalite cut moon. And um, the top of it, I was trying to do some work with like incorporating tarot into my creations. So in that I used the star card. And I remember being like, why am I putting the star card with this moon? I have no freaking clue. But guess what? I do know how and I do know why. It's because I was making it for my future best friend. She, you know, obviously we go, you go by moonbeam and, you know, you're an Aquarius. In which the is right circle of people. In the right circle of people, of course. <laughs> I don't just go to the grocery store. No, like, yes. hey, moonbeam. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> of course. Just like I'm not copper radiance at the grocery store. <laughs> but I do call you copper radiance when you do. I see you. You do, you do. So yes, that but, piece was transformative. My side of the story, I walked in, I walked in the store, I already knew who Copper Radiance was as a brand, but I didn't know the creator behind it past your Instagram page. And I was always really inspired by not just your posts, but the writing on them. And you did have a lot of depth, even just like on Instagram marketing, which I think is really hard to do because it's Instagram is a completely saturated market for whatever you're into. Everyone's on their advertising and just trying to get their name out and be like, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to pour my passions out into the world. Um, so I went in there and as soon as I saw the case, I said, oh my God, you have copper radiance in your store. And they were just like, yes, we love her. She's so great. And I was like, I, I want to meet her. Like she's got to be so cool. And then I saw that necklace and I'm like, yeah, I have to get that for myself. Like, and nobody was in the store, but I was like, pull it out immediately. Like, I don't want to take any chances. Yes. And there are multiple pieces that I wanted, but when you're talking about like that, it like pings at you. You're like, boom, well, that's right. mine. And the reason it pings at you is because that was made for you, right? Energetically, I tapped into an energy in the creation process that was yours. 
-hmm. essentially prior to you even knowing you know before even its creation right mm -hmm. which is so fun like I just think of it as a flow state it is it's like that sweet little Disney movie soul where it's yeah. like this is where when yeah. people say like they're in that flow the state flow. this is where all they're all at yeah yes it, it is exactly like that and so you go there I feel like so I go there when I'm like when I am in this creation mode and I'm like okay this stone with this size ring and this uh, shape of band and we're gonna put it together like this and then moving on to the next one and so it does feel like there's a collective energy that I'm tapping into and picking out these energies and saying okay this all these components go together to create this ring that will eventually get sold three months down the road to this person whose energy is connected to it mm -hmm. and it didn't start like that and it I just have to say like it doesn't always start like that it took so many renditions and just so many rebirths of that experience. And I think going back to what you were saying, like copper radiance like catapulted my spiritual evolution. And I don't think that there's really been much else in my life that has affected me at the same level as copper radiance when it comes to spirituality. Because first off, I made the choice to go full time in it. Um, it was about two and a half years ago and I did it for about a year and a half. And the leap of faith required to move into full-time business, oh my Lord, it is a huge, huge jump to just believe in yourself and overcome that imposter syndrome. And of course, that was where I was at, at the start of everything. And not only that, but I'd really not had a good track record enough to say, like, I could do this. So I was really living on faith, bros. You and me I, both. I'm like, nothing's really said that I can do this besides my heart. And I don't give a shit. That's what I'm listening to. And honestly, like, I'm so glad I did because that was such a blessing to get to have listened to my heart and then also realize that I can overcome those challenges. Um, so that's what Copper Radiance has been. It's been multiple rebirths and coming into these new renditions of myself. And putting yourself out there more yeah. and more and more. Oh my gosh, yes. Like that's something when I very first got started in jewelry, obviously, I'm an only child. And the reason I am the way that I am is because I have a lot of alone time. I like alone time. I like to be alone. And, um, and I think that's great. But then also I have this other side of me that I really got to nurture and grow through connecting with people through jewelry. And you know, what's so funny. I was never a jewelry person. I never wore jewelry. And even still, I'm not wearing... I'm wearing two bracelets that I didn't make right now. <laughs> but, but I really have the love for creating it and creating something from nothing and creating it with a lot of energy. And like, I, I just, more than anything, moving forward for Copper Radiance, I just want it to just be beaming, like almost electrifying with the amount of energy that you feel with any ring that you feel is right for you. Like, I want you to feel like there's no way you can't buy it only only because it's yours like you can't leave it there you know what i mean not because that's i really need to you to buy it right how i shop right and i think that's your. I'm no like oh no 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 like that's definitely mine yeah i'm gonna grab that up yes it's not like there's five other ones right next to yeah it. that you're like oh maybe yeah no it's like no like that and that's how it is like any any person that comes to any of my shows would generally come up and they would and the funniest thing is it's not the least expensive ones that they really gravitate towards it is the higher priced items that i just put more intention into right like when i was wire wrapping again it just feels 
I mean, not that I can't put intention into it because I can, and obviously mm -hmm. the crystals have their own energy. There's just a deeper flow state. I think that's like, the yes, best way. You're right. It's like having a five-minute conversation with someone versus having a four-hour-long conversation with someone. Like, these pieces take a lot longer. They're a lot more integral. I can connect with their energies more and the energies of their owners. And so it really is a deep and just like a lot of reciprocity in the creation process and even finding them homes. And I did take a break. I have taken a break recently, but like I said, I am going to be relaunching it on April 1st. So that's Yeah, but like, you've also been creating a lot. You made you right. text me one day and was like, I'm listening to Incubus thinking of you. I just made 50 pieces. <laughs> so those 50 and I was pieces like, are still me sitting and thank there. BB. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I you know, sometimes you're in it and sometimes you're not. And I have learned through the creation process that you don't force anything because there's no point in it. Like, I'm never going to push through to get a ton of stuff done just because I feel like I have to anymore. I, I did put myself in that place. And again, that was part of the journey of being full-time and learning to navigate those boundaries of business and also of creativity because there's boundaries of both. But um, walking that fine line and honoring yourself when you're not in the creative space. Like, I, I sent you that that day, and I, I cranked out so many amazing pieces for the first part of it. But then now I haven't done anything with it for, like, two weeks. And it kind of goes into the other stuff that I'm doing, right? Because I do yoga, and I'm working on this project called Serial Healers. So honoring and living in sync with your cycle. So, like not creating if you're not in a creative space and not feeling like shit because guess what you're not creating right now as an artist you feel especially as a as a starving artist type okay because like my first year in business I made twelve thousand dollars and guess what my second year in business the same which is fine because but you're 10 times happier working for yourself and learning yes. those skills than you ever were just like yes working for away. anyone yeah. or working you know for corporations and those kinds of things i totally totally agree it's not about the money for me it's definitely more about the energy and like what am i doing um now though i have a lot of i, I have a lot of love for the work that i do i think it's nice to have a balance of both. You're like you have your business. I call it like kind of like split working, like 50-50 working for someone just a little bit just to kind of know that you have what you need, but then also having that extra energy to create what you want to create and put that out there still. It's a nice balance. It is. And I mean, you love the work that you do. Yeah, and that's what makes it so good. Like I wish everyone could find peace in their work because for so long I was like that. I had no peace in my work. I was working a job that didn't suit me. Like to be completely frank, I am just very neurodivergent and cannot stand phones ringing, bright lights, uh, excess like communication. And my job was the front desk person at a salon. And so like, what is that? It's exactly the opposite of what my body really feels comfortable and safe in. And so at no fault to the salon or anyone there, I would have nervous breakdowns every day. And that is not worth it, you know? It's not, it's not safe even. And so like now to have a job where I actually, I feel better after I work. So now my other jobs besides Copper Radiance, I teach swimming lessons and I am a yoga teacher at a rec center and I also teach character building at a rec center. So I work very intrinsically with the youth 
in this community because it's just, it's beautiful to see how, first off, everyone's so different. It's a, um, I wouldn't say necessarily a di diverse community, but there's a lot of diverse people, right? Like as far as who they are and what they enjoy and like, we're all different. So I can still kind of see that even though it's not a very diverse community. But um, I love working in the character building aspect and like talking about things to these kids that they just don't have everything that some of the other kids in the community have. I work with um, the more lower income community for the character building and it's so beautiful to get to hear them talk about how they're grateful for what they have because we live in a world that we're just, we kind of overlook gratitude and we overlook these things that really matter. And with this class that I'm teaching right now, we just get to look at the important things of life. Like last week we talked about perseverance. And so all these kids from kindergarten to fifth grade, I'm talking to them and I'm like, you know, what is perseverance? Do you guys know what that is? And like some of them, yes, some of them, no. And we got to be like, and, and it was a lesson to me too. This is how all this goes. It's like everything that I'm teaching is exactly what I'm learning at that time, right? And that's the reason I teach. Um, there's this book called uh, the, the Law of One, The Raw, have you seen that book? Uh, the Raw Channel, something okay. like that. Yeah, yeah. The Law of One, something like I that. I haven't read it, but I know what you're referring to. It's like a channeling of raw. But um, one of the things in that book, it says teach to learn and learn to teach. And I resonate so much with that line. Like that's all I got out of that book. And then I gave it away, of course, because I have to give all my stuff away. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm I, done with this passing. Yeah, exactly. But I did get what I needed because learn to teach and teach to learn. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what I'm doing right now. And the swimming lessons and the yoga, that all goes together too because it's all body awareness. And, you know, similarly between the two of them, it's muscle tension and relaxation breath and moving into like being able to expand your breath and to allow yourself to relax to float or move through the water fluidly or to float on your mat and it's all the same even though it feels really different different to other people I think. Oh I've been in a couple of your classes I haven't been to the rec center yet but you've done it before our Reiki classes and stuff like that and I mean you're one of my favorite teachers in general but you have just such a peaceful calming and very um, instructive presence. So you know when to bend, which way to bend, how to breathe and why you're doing it and what it's pulling. Cause I'm a really big why person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree so I'm with like, you. Why am I bending this way? And right. am I feeling the right thing? And you're like, you're, right. you should be feeling a pull here and here and this is what. So just breathing deeper, you give your students the knowledge to have the confidence to go deeper into those stretches, even like if they're a beginner, even if they're advanced. Thank you. Oh my gosh, thank you. That's a huge compliment. I, that's something, I've not been a yoga teacher for that long, but it's something that I've been really intentional about. I want to know why I would be telling someone to do something that they're doing. Because first off, I don't want to be in a class where someone's telling me to do something and they don't know why they're telling me to yeah, do it. Yeah, they're just going by cue cards, yeah. but they're not. Right into right. it they didn't build the flow they just kind of like picked it out right so to speak yeah right. so you do have the amazing opportunity to create all your own curriculum yeah i do um i've studied it i've taken pictures of it i'm inspired by it and um that's a freedom that honestly not a lot of people even in studios have whether it's a rec center whether it's a local yoga studio chain all of that sometimes it really is um 
hey, you're going to teach this class and you're going to teach these poses. You're going to teach vinyasa. You're going to do hot. Like they really like block it in, yes. in a way just to like get those. Yeah. To get standard, people in. Like those standard curriculums yes. in, right? So there's a spiritual aspect to yours where you're like, you're setting intentions for your class before you even meet them. Mm. And then like, however you meet them and you get to present in front of them like everything you've ever said I I'm so educated at the end of it and I always take something home from your practice and add it in oh well thank you thank you and you know what's so fun like now I'm getting to cultivate long-term relationships with my yoga students so they're getting to know their bodies in a deeper way and they're teaching me to teach them in a better way you know like just communicating things and even connecting more intuitively like I think the same, it goes back to that learn to teach and teach to learn. Like I teach to learn fully and completely. The reason that I teach is to learn more about the things that I care about, which is how to feel safe in my body and how to feel, you know, calm. There was so much of my life that I spent disconnected and disassociated. And I remember the first time I ever felt in my body fully again was in a yoga practice when I was 20 years old, 20, 21, maybe, oh no, I was older than that, okay, it must have been 22, anyways, I'm 25 now, I've only been doing yoga about three years, but it's like that, that very first experience where I felt like I was in my body because I moved through my body for an hour, and I moved through my breath, and I'm looking up at the ceiling in Savasana, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm literally just here, I'm literally just right, laying in my body, look at me, I'm, I'm so present. I, yes. I, I don't remember the last time I was this present. Yes, like I've never, mm -hmm. I've never been this present. And tears started just rushing down my face. And there's a song that my friend at this point now, her name's Gina Reed. She's my yoga instructor and also my partner in Serial Healers. But um, she was playing this song called, um, I can't remember, I think it's called by like Beautiful Choir or something like that. It was called like, uh, breathe it in, let it out, let it go. There's something like that that goes on in the song. And I'm just like, <laughs> like just breathing it in, letting it out and letting it go. Just like, oh my God. You can't even stop it. No, no. And that's the beautiful thing, right? Like when you're doing yoga, the way that I connect to the practice, you're tapping into pain sometimes mm -hmm. and not a physical pain an emotional pain. Um, you know, an energetic pain, sometimes something you don't even know that you had. Sometimes it's a disconnect that you didn't know you had. And it really, it was life-changing to experience that. And from that point, I knew I had to take the yoga teacher training. I never realized that I was going to be a yoga teacher. I never realized that it was going to be so important to me. And I definitely never realized that I would be teaching 20 hours of classes of different types of pretty much breathwork classes all week. So it's a huge blessing. And also I was thinking about like, I almost, it felt like I was connecting to my future self and like they were almost remembering back to where I am mm -hmm. currently. Have you ever had that experience? Oh, I do that often. I love it. Especially when I get in kind of like the drudges of it. Like even though I'm doing something I absolutely love, I'm still drained yeah. by, by it. Like, oh, yes. this needs to get done. I'm my own boss, you know, yep. and then I'm like, these are like the fun beginner stages. I always think about all those documentaries we get to see about all of our favorite artists, like that are either like kind of retired during their own thing or their past, but it always shows us like the beginning and like some 
like hotel recording room with like, yes. you know, styrofoam on the walls or yes. whatever. And it's like they came from, that's where they started. They other days. This is the beginning of it. And these are the things that, I mean, in my opinion, I'll look back on the most and reminisce on like all of the lessons that I learned in the beginning and just truly the perseverance of yes. going through it and like having to believe in yourself a lot with it. Yeah. You're just like, okay, it's, it's all on me in yeah. a way. Like I really don't need the validation from everybody else, but I, I, this brings me so much joy. This brings me so much life and vitality. Yeah, yeah it's and like I'm intrinsic like, power. Yeah, like if it feels good, it's for you. But when it feels fucking phenomenal and just your energy flow is just, you know, compatible with it and you want to learn. I think that was one of the biggest things in my coined awakening was, um, oh my God, I love to research and learn all of this stuff. And I wasn't like the best student, but I really wasn't interested in learning the stuff that they wanted me to. So I just kind of wrote myself off as just like one of them C students and moved on with my life. Man, you know? the school system. The school Don't get system me started. does a bunch of stuff to <laughs> right-brained people. But then like, yeah, even like looking around in my safe space right now, do you see like all the stacks of books that yeah. are just around? I have lists of like to keep myself in order of what I'm supposed to read either for studying yoga or studying Reiki or this is my hobby list yes. and like my hobby list I'm just finishing Jesus and the Essenes I have your Bhagavad Gita that I have to get back you need to finish the last I have 30 like pages 50 pages 50 I'm pretty pages. sure it's like 50 pages it's like double after spaced that, Read after it. that it's the <laughs> Celestine prophecy oh I got that one next up on mine oh too. my gosh there's so many and yeah. then there's just reference material because I still love reading the excerpts on TikTok of what I find because yeah. not everybody has time to sit and no. research and like I came to the realization like that is my job I'm going to be this cool little librarian to give you an alternative perspective. I'm not trying to change your beliefs. I'm not trying to mind fuck you or give you cognitive dissonance. I'm like, look what I found. Right. Look what's they, out there. What is this? Yeah, yeah, because there's so many people that are boxed in, whether, you know, it's just a conditioning thing or it's like, even like with you think of like religious boxes, it's like, this is what we do, this is what we don't do. Mm -hmm. And even from a young age, I was like, I think Jesus loves me enough to let me go and like explore. And I'm not trying to like discredit anybody. I just wanna explore and learn and I'm super curious. And I wanna, I wanna add to myself. I don't wanna come into this world. And they're like, this is who you are. This is what you're supposed to do, work, die. Yeah. Yep. Nope. Status quo. Keep up with that. I'm like, no, this Dead Sea Scroll said something completely different than what two Bible schools and 17 churches ever told me. And y'all had your chance. Devil Bible School. Get. Hold on. Hold on. We had a different. Let's just. Like, yeah, let's just back this up. Why? Well, I, I mean, I had two lives, so it was very interesting. But yeah. there was still. Wow. I was still given the opportunity to go and float around and go to so many different places and check it out. Mm. And a lot of people had the same like people that they were talking about, but it was always something was tweaked, something was tweaked. So when I got really interested in like, if you're going to study religion, study war, study the takeovers of countries, study any discrepancy in the past, any oppression, suppression of information, and you're gonna find, you always wanna know what's in the treasure chest, right? And if mm -hmm. the treasure chest is buried, the deeper it goes, the more 
fucking. You gotta dig. Well, the more you gotta dig, but <laughs> if you want to dig it down that deep, like what are you trying to hide? Mm -hmm. So I really, really enjoy whether it's a cold esotericism, mysticism, self-help, yoga, spirituality, like whatever label you have to give it. I'm always like, mm, what is that? Yeah. What's in there? Yeah. You know, and like through my own experiences that I've had with yoga and kundalini energy and all of those crazy things I wouldn't even begin to get into because this is your episode. No, it's but our episode. It's our it friend is, episode. But I mean, hell, that that's a hell of a ride to go down. <laughs> like, because um, I know there's a there's a part where you start getting into this, and I always call it the beginner phase. But there's even like a beginner before the beginner phase where it's just like liking hocus pocus. You're like, oh god, I love that. Mm -hmm. I love this part. I love the book. I love the cauldron. Yeah. Like, I wonder. I wonder the curiosity. Yeah. And I had known about you know, energies and chakras and looked at soul contracts. And I've always been pulled to any fun spiritual thing. <laughs> I hate to label it like that. And I don't really think it's new age. It really is like the very old, old information. Right. And you're just connected to the truth and there's value yeah. in that. Well, there's value in going back. Like if you live in a society that's trying to erase certain histories, you got to wonder like how long they've been erasing stuff and, you know. All that fun stuff. All so everything. I had a lot of fun just in the beginning going in like thrift stores and going through old books. And I would just get pulled to different books. And it was like, oh, I know nothing about this, but that's kind of interesting. And then that's how my record and my book collection actually grew. I mean, I remember the first time I bought a book because it was like everything you need to know about palmistry. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> like, I know what it is. Like, if you go to... Right. I would think of it like I was a vacation person type. Like, I'm away from my life. I get to go explore. I went to New Orleans, went to Mary LeVue's House of Voodoo and got like a reading there. Oh, wow. And it was very, very transformative at the time. But it, I wasn't like I was still very 3D is what I like to think about it. But you always like get those seeds planted in you over time. And eventually, like they'll be pulled back to you. Yeah. So I've had so many moments like that. And I mean, I'm a collector anyways. I'm just like Ariel in her little cage of human shit. <laughs> and I mean like not in a hoarding sense, like books, records, No, but crystals. it's everything that you love. Yeah, and like that you everything I with. love and antiques and musical instruments. And yes. I have a hell of a Beatles collection. Yeah. You know, like I, I absolutely love just being submerged, submersed, however I say it. Yeah. In all of that stuff because it's a really cool creative space and if like yeah I hit like a block or a wall I'll just pick up a random book I'll throw on a record I have a piano behind me I'll hit a couple notes I'll do some breath work yeah and in those moments that I have those I'm like I'm literally doing the things that I used to sit at my job and be like god if I just had the time like this is what I would do oh god and I would just daydream about the life that I actually have now yes so I do get a little hard on myself when I'm like, what do you mean you don't want to go and make all of your promos and go cut up all your edits and do this and do this? Like, as you said earlier, there is too much of a good thing. Yes. And I never want to get burnt out on any of the projects that I do because I absolutely love doing them and I'm glad I have the energy for it and well, the time. And the reason, yes, and that is a blessing, of course, but mm -hmm. sometimes you start to spin your wheels. And the reason I think for me personally why I, I used to do that is because I was required, I needed to go do other things. Mm -hmm. I was doing just the jewelry spinning my wheels, but my heart was being pulled to go move my body. I was sitting at my desk getting all brittle and frail, 
you know what I mean? And I was all alone sitting there not talking to anybody. And The same thing happens for me. Even. Yeah. Like, and I still do, we both do, like, social media to an extent for whatever we have to do for our businesses. Yep. But I'm still just like, I can't wait to go interview people in person. Like, I can't wait to have a more public studio, even though this is my safe space. This is where I like to be and where I like to create. But I still, I mean, all my manifestations and my meditations and all the things that I know that I'll have, like I see a studio that's definitely 10 times more public and available. And I'll take some of these trinkets to that office or that studio and I'll have a good time with it. But right now, like these beginner moments, I don't want to go past them just because I'm not where I know I want to be. It is your future self coming back to you being like, enjoy where you are because these are the times that you'll look back on, believe it or not. Yes. Like there are so many lessons in not even pushing that rock up a hill, but just having to trust and have faith in the divine and working with that over and over and like calming your own mind. The ego is the one that wants to get there. And I have that all the time. Yeah. And it's annoying because I'm like, look what you're doing. Right. You have you're a already studio there. in your house. Right. Quit being weird. Yes. Go, go edit go something. Go think of something go else. Go do something. Right, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, I am very lucky because we, we have a lot of things in common, not only just being like small business owners, but friends, spirituality, the intentions we put behind all of our stuff, but even yoga. We have such a supreme love of yoga and to see you advance the way that you have on your path. And I'm still finishing my curriculum, just trying to integrate the mass amount of knowledge that you get from yoga teacher training. I've been doing it since 2013 and I've had profound experiences like you have in a yoga studio where I had like a gratitude breakdown because I was so grateful for finally feeling this happiness that I'd like breadcrumb through a lot of my younger years. And you kind of get scared of that happiness feeling coming back to you because it's always like, oh, when's the other shoe going to fall and I'm going to go back to feeling like shit again. So it's a weird trap because you know that you're capable of getting to it, but maintaining it is a completely different level. But the first time I would say like that heart chakra opens up and you feel it. Yeah. Yeah, I went and cried and I went and cried to my yoga teacher and we just had like an absolutely like beautiful moment together. And I was like, I love this practice. I love connecting in this studio. This is just profound to say the least, but I think that it's, it pulls you in more and you want to, like, I want to know the science. I want to know like the tangible knowledge about it as much as possible. I'm not trying to outright spirituality completely, right? but I'm human and my brain needs a way to process all of the things that have happened to me. So the more freakier my spiritual experiences have gotten, the more I've really deep down into these books. Mm -hmm. And these are really all my saving grace because I'm going to take information from people I meet with similar experiences, books that I've read, and then I'm going to sit down with myself and my intuition and my discernment is going to be like, this is for you, this isn't for you, maybe this is for later, put this down. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why not just in healing, it's not linear, you just keep going back and forth. You go back through with the information too and you're like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, because okay. it is on so many levels, right? They talk about the koshas, and the koshas are like um, the layers of the subtle layers of the uh, body, and so like our our least subtle layer is our body, right? And even in Reiki class, our Reiki master talks about this about the innate 
and about how our body is a living thing and how, you know, like exactly what are we? You know, like we are a soul having a human experience, but we're in a body and our body has physical form and it is alive. You know what I mean? And you have to take care of it. And you and have to take care of it. And you have to do all these things. Not one size fits all. Exactly. And then the next one, I wish I could remember the Sanskrit terms for all of them, but the next one is breath and then mental. And I believe, I might be wrong, but I believe the next one is intuitive and then bliss. So when you're talking about that blissful experience that you felt in yoga that you're like, I just feel this pure love and this pure connection to the divine and I feel one. Like that's being in that, I think it's called the Anamaya Kosha, but it's that bliss body. It's the feeling of complete, just in it, flow. It's so good and it's powerful. My favorite part about that is there's that terminology, there's Nirvana, there's Samadhi. There's so many different terminologies based on what like what paper you're studying, yeah. where did it come from, where did it originate from, who copied from it, who traveled around the world and taught it and then upgraded it for modern society at that time or today. So yeah, connecting all of the dots and being like, so many people are talking about the same state of bliss. Yeah, You know, I, I read a meme one time that was talking about everybody has their own different terminology, whether it's Christian, pagan, Buddhist, all of these people, but nobody's discussing the fact that it doesn't exist. They're just all fighting over what the word act, what the word for it actually is. Yep. So I'm over here. I'm like, y'all got your own terminologies. I'm Whatever studying the fact that it actually exists. <laughs> and how does it come through us? How is it harnessed? How can it hurt us? How can it help us? Yeah. You know, all of the, it's just always so fun. I feel like I'm on like an unsolved mystery slash Scooby-Doo episode every yeah, day of my life. Me too. And, and I then, really do get guided differently. Like I I can't totally stay on the same thing, but it also helps that you have your own show where you can be like, I'm inspired to talk about this right now. Yeah. And I don't dictate like my guests or any of my curriculums based on like world affairs. I know there there's people that like to do that for marketing. Like, oh, hey, we're going to run this story because it's really popular and it's kind of what everybody else is talking about and I'm like what my intuition presents to me is what we're going to talk about today because that's when you're going to get the authenticity of me and the energy is going to flow out properly if I get on here and I tried to talk about something that I wasn't interested in you're totally gonna be like where's your head at today yeah you know and it's probably in Jesus and the Essenes because right. I have a little bit left of it I <laughs> took two weeks off of it because I don't want it to end and I can't wait to get into the rest of Dolores Cannon's work. I'm such a fan. Oh, such an absolute fan. Man, that hypnosis we did the other day, that was amazing. Yeah, okay, yeah. So we did a group hypnosis with the same practitioner that hypnotized me. Yeah. And um, I was ready to walk out of the room immediately when I knew that she was doing group hypnosis because I was reading at the same fair and I didn't want to go so deep into it that I was like I'm actually not gonna be able to do any more readings this woman just teleported me to the fifth dimension again so did I'm, you get teleported I had a really cool experience I got to talk to her about it later because it um I wouldn't say like connected more dots but it connected like previous hypnosis experience I had um the first one that I had where I actually did a past life meditation for the first time it connected with that and a bunch of other things that we had had in our thing. But again, I was getting ready to walk out the door and you're like, sit down. Yeah. We're doing sit this. Down. 
<laughs> yeah, and then Lisa's like, we're not going to go like that deep shot. You'll be fine. And I was like, okay. So I sat down. I love any form of meditation. You can probably sit me down for. Um, but I, I was interested how the group experiences was versus actually going in and being hypnotized for two hours straight. And yeah, I had a lovely experience. I was completely refreshed, rejuvenated, and energized. I had a couple more rabbit holes. Like, you know, it's like somebody hands you another piece to the puzzle and you get to pick it, put it in your pocket. And when you're ready to look at it, you're ready to look at it. Doesn't take your free will away anyways, but it's not a beginner thing is what I would say. No, no, it was amazing. It was Mm -hmm. incredible. I had an awesome experience. I would like to talk about it here for a second because it really was, you know, the funny thing, because she asked the class, she's like, does anyone not, or she, she's like, does everyone visualize? And everyone but me and like three other people raised their hands. I did not raise my hand um, because, okay, quick side note, crowd. I, for a long time, believed I had something called aphantasia because someone put a label on it once and I cling to labels from time to time and I try to release that and surrender. Anyways, aphantasia means that you can't visualize anything or you don't see anything in your mind's eye when you close your eyes. So I kind of clung to this thought of, oh, I just can't see, can't visualize, don't know, don't know, whatever. And so when we went into that hypnosis, I was like, I'm probably not going to see anything. I'm probably not going to experience anything. I don't know. I'm just going to sit here at the black screen. I'm just going to sit here and <laughs> not experience a damn thing. And so um, we go into it and she starts off by saying like, Im- imagine like a family member cooking something or something like that. It was about food, right? And immediately, I was able to tap into this experience of my Nana cooking me biscuits and gravy. Immediately. And it makes me laugh because all these healers that I've seen over the past few years, it's always been the same thing that comes up. And it's this feeling of, I can't see. Okay? So, she asked, or, and then she was like, and then just stop thinking about that because that was just a test. And I was like, ha thank you. I needed that little fake test because it wasn't the real thing. Oh, I thought she was taking us into something. So I was I just like really like pulling it apart like a Where's Waldo. Okay, Me too. Like, where, where am I at? What time is this? How's yeah. the house built? What am I eating? What am I making? It was amazing. Going like, through all there of it. There was so much detail. What am I feeling? In that moment, yes. Like it took me back to a time in, pl- in space. Like it was beautiful. And then um, we start going into, into our experience. And then all this truth... It feels like truth more than anything I could ever... As much as I can tell you the truth about Jenna Smith's life, that's how I felt about this experience. So we go into where we're going through our hypnosis process, and I realize that I'm like a 13-year-old boy, and I'm blind, okay? I'm blind. And I am like, of course, I can't see because I'm blind. (laughs) Like, that makes sense. That makes so much sense. And so um, I'm like living this life and she's like, connect to your house that you go to every day. And I'm like, wow, there's the barn I live in. I live in a barn. (laughs) Why do I live in a barn? (laughs) What year is this? What year is this? Where am I living at? It was, it was, it could, it felt like maybe the 1800s of some kind, maybe later 1800s. I did, um, I felt like I was 13 years old or about that time. And then the craziest thing, she takes us to the day of our death. I also could feel like the the parent figure I had um, didn't like me. They resented me because I was, I mean, what felt like a nuisance because I was blind. 
and also I think I killed my mom during childbirth. Like all this stuff started coming through. It was incredible. But like, you were just observing it. I it, yes, yeah. and but I was also connecting with so many things because there was an aspect where she was like, if you if you knew the person that like if you knew anyone in this lifetime that was in your current lifetime, that will be known to you now. And like I said, the the father in that life resented me and it came to be found out that my Nana, who I just thought about the biscuits and gravy with, was the father in that lifetime. And it made me realize why maybe she had a little bit more extra love for me than some of my cousins because I feel like she felt that connection that we had and maybe she knew about this feeling of resentment. That's what felt like spirit was kind of bringing to me through that message, which was incredible and I felt so moved by it. And um, it also just brought to light a lot of my, what I would call imposter syndrome, of feeling like I work around the most incredible spiritual people I've ever met. And I'm so moved by all of you all the time. And to feel like maybe I can't connect for the reason of I can't see in my mind's eye made me feel like I wasn't, you know, intuitively connected, which just is, is downright false because I got this whole, you know, experience through that. And then um, to also know, like, that's where that came from. And, and I do believe it's something that I can have again. I can create sight within my mind, but also I'm not necessarily meant to right now. It was meant to take me down a rabbit hole to discover the fact that I don't have to feel like an imposter and that I am able to tap into to truth. Like, if I were to just have, like, amazing visualizing abilities, I would be lost in my brain for the rest of my life. I would never come back. Goodbye world. I'm going to be in my brain living, not talking to anyone. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, because you would probably see so much. Yeah, you You're would like, just go it, to okay, so many places. Yes. Yeah. Where am I at right now? Yes. It is a struggle to live in the present moment. I'll give you that for anybody with any third eye stuff, whether they're training it or their experience for so many years. Because I've talked to experienced people like that and they talk about, you know, meditating on your on and off switch and you know, when it, it's just kind of like if you were that medium that people came to all the freaking time and never left them alone, like that would be exhausting. And that's not a world that I would necessarily want to try to engage between both of them all the time. But the on and off switch is probably the best advice I ever got when I started getting into understanding Claire's senses and what was really going on with my mind from not only just like a spiritual perspective, but a psychological perspective. Cause there's, there is a thing um, of like a enlarged frontal lobe psychosis that spirituality can induce in people that find things and use it to bypass the mental aspects that are actually going on with them. And I know it's more prevalent now because there's such a mass consciousness awakening and then us as humans, not necessarily that we go to compare ourselves to other, but we're going out and being like, okay, you had this experience, so I, I'm i going to go down the same path you are, or I'm supposed to be this because we had this. Right, because like, you can visualize and yeah, I need you, to be able to visualize, like that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. So it's just like, oh, the, you, you read this book, you did this, you did this. And that's why I always say, like, if I'm going to give any advice, I'm like, this is what I did. I'm not telling you to do it. You can present it to your intuition is what I like to say. And if it works for you, it works for you. Yeah. But my my biggest fascination is like, what happens to people after they wake up and what are they actually supposed to do here? Because not everybody's supposed to 
start like going balls deep into even like selling or being anything spiritual. You don't have to be a yoga teacher, a guru, or a crystal seller. You, you don't have to go sell all your stuff and like live on a mountain. And I know that there's a lot of shedding of the physical world that we feel so freeing during this process that is also cyclical energy coming back to you to balance out. But there are just people that they need to be that light in those darker spaces. Yep. And they came here to do a certain thing, learn a certain thing, work a certain role. Those are like very bulletin point statements. I don't want to pull all of them apart, but right. not everybody is going to do like healing modalities. And we don't need that either. No. Like we don't need that because honestly, like I don't even really like to consider myself a healer at all because I think that that takes away a personal power of everyone is their own healer. Like mm -hmm. you are your healer. I am my healer. No one has given me any healing. I mean, yes, I've worked with healers alongside them to cooperate, to create healing within me. Like mm -hmm. no one's ever gifted me healing. And I learned that honestly through. Yeah, it's not like magical powers right. in one of the mystery books where you're like, oh. Right. You were seeing in a prophecy and. Right. Oh, here you go. Now you're good. What's yeah, that? now, yeah, now Here's your powers are activated. Ugh. Yeah. No. no. Like, can I go into a brief story of my life? <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, um, my dad was in and out of my life early on. Ultimately, it was an out of my life thing, but it was never made clear to me until I was older that he was not actually around. I always thought that he was because I would see him fairly regularly, but like no emotional connection whatsoever. No, there was just definitely a disconnect there. There were also other things that happened. Like I found my Nana who had passed when I was, um, again, Nana and that same kind of soul connection. We had a lot of, mm -hmm. um, it seems karma to work through this life, but, um, yeah, we, uh, I had found her when I was real young, and I was put on antidepressants and uh, birth control actually around the same time when I was like 12 years old. And literally from 12 to 18, they multiplied my medication amount by 16 times. So like I started on like one, and then I was taking 16 times that amount. Mm -hmm. And you know, for someone whose brain is still developing, and your hormones are racing and they're going in every direction as a youth and we know that the brain isn't even developed until you're like 25 and maybe even older and so to have been put in those situations at a young age and then I quit cold turkey on all the medication when I was 18 I went through like a year-long psychosis and then I came out of it awakened essentially like I dropped out of college quit all my medication and I was just like, I'm coming back to Wichita to just go and figure it out. I don't even know what, right? Um, but I feel like it did take all those kinds of almost felt like missteps and disconnections with source for me to even come into this place of, wow, like this shit's real. What's going on? You know what I mean? And then to let alone to have found creativity within that world and to have found a physical practice in the world and to have found friends and energetic practices like all of this was such a long time coming with so much disconnect and so much misunderstandings and shame and guilt for nothing you know what I mean mm -hmm. and so now like my mission honestly in life at this point is just to like 
let people know that they have value no matter who they are or what they bring and that we can let go of the guilt and shame and just have confidence in ourselves like no matter what it is like I just when I was younger I needed that validation I was in therapy for 12 years I forgot to I was going to say that um because of all these little things that happened to me I mean little your dad abandons you and then you found your dead grandma but whatever <laughs> you know what I mean like if, if they they feel like things I, that if they feel like a part of my story at this point which mm -hmm. is why I can say that the way that I do but 12 years of therapy and my therapist never gave me any healing I just went in there and talked and that was needed at the time and obviously I support therapy but she never gave me what I gave myself which is just absolute understanding and compassion and the ability to be in my body and to connect with my heart and my breath and then now to have worked through so much of my own stuff to be able to even say anything to anyone about their stuff it just feels like such a blessing it feels like I go back to that place of imposter syndrome and I have to be like, don't undersell yourself because you went through a lot and you experienced a lot and like maybe you're meant to experience to show people that it's okay to experience stuff. And then you're meant to experience good stuff to say the same. You know, it's not all about like when I was a kid, I, I was suicidal. I had suicidal thoughts by the time I was like 10, 12 years old. It was around the time that I found my Nana. And there was obviously just a lot of emotions going on at that time. And now I work with kids at that age. And it means so much to me to just be able to look at them and say, I think you're going to change the world. I think that you're going to do big things. I think you're going to, you're going to connect to people and you're going to love them. And you're going to you know, raise kids of your own someday. Like, I know that you guys are going to do everything that we need you to do. And I don't want to put that responsibility on you, but I know you can do it, you know. And I'm with you, and I feel like I'm a part of it, right? Like, it just feels like it was all meant to be, like some dream. <laughs> Did you have any teachers, like, back in your younger years that you can remember to this day that, like, changed you like that with the things that you said to your students now? You know what's so funny? I My mom is, I would say, my only teacher that I ever had like that. Because I, I never had anyone that showed me any ways besides my mom. Obviously, like I said, my dad wasn't around, and so it was just my mom and I. I, don't, I have a half-brother, but I don't know him that well. I love him very much, and that's all I that's all I have right now. Um, he is around, like we definitely should probably develop a deeper relationship, but um, all I can do is just send love right now. But yeah, my, my mom was just um, an incredible teacher to me and she just showed me like compassion. Um, you know, my family, everyone's family has all of their family stuff, right? And yeah. so my mom just, she tried to protect me a ton and I definitely do think she protected me from the world in a lot of ways and kept me pure to the best of her ability. Like, I cannot tell a lie. I literally cannot tell a lie. It's very true. <laughs> I was watching Star Trek last night, and Worf said something that made me laugh. He said, um, I was practicing deceit. And I was like, that's <laughs> me. Next time I lie and I get, like, caught or something, I'm just going to say I was practicing deceit. That's really funny. <laughs> so me. Because I just, like, can't, I can't do it. Like, it burns my face if I lie. So That's not a bad thing. It's not. It's have. actually really it's a great not. thing. And, and I think just by my mom keeping me pure. And we've talked about this before, but, like, you and your daughter and the way that you protect her and just, like, shield her. And I think that probably most parents do this, right? We want to keep our kids pure. And that's, again, why I work with kids is, like, I would rather me do it that cares 
than someone that doesn't care. Mm -hmm. You know, like I would rather your child learn how to swim with me and I show them how to take a deep breath and show them how to relax their body instead of being with, you know, not to say that young kids can't teach stuff, but when I started that, I was 16 years old, and you think I cared half as much that I care now, 10 years later, about how a kid's breath looks when they're swimming. Hell no. I did not know that was important at the time. And how can you? Like, I feel like maybe swimming lessons might be looked at as a job that people, like, they would be like, why are you doing that? You're 25 years old. But to me, it's just such a rudimentary survivalistic thing that we have to know how to do and it gives us a reason to know our body because we will know if we're sinking we'll know if we're swimming you know we'll know if we're floating and that's such a good representation of just life in general right like there are some days that we are just sinking <laughs> and usually it's because of tension and pain and, and difficulty. Oh, and even just like the freezing up, you don't, kind of like the fight or flight. Yes, it I is. Mean, it's exactly just, that. That's something that I audit often Yeah. Um, just to make sure that I'm not just by habit going back there. I've yeah. tried so hard to be aware of like moving any tension spots in my body. And if I find something that can't necessarily be stretched or breathed away at the time well then I go into my bag of tricks and I'm like okay what else do I need yeah you know maybe some oils yeah you know, maybe I need to go get my crystal the, pointer out and yeah, do some maybe go energy. check the emotional code of this yeah yes. there's so many different ways that you can investigate your body and I mean not just besides like mysticism research and any of the lost knowledge thingies that I like to present um, the biggest challenge that I have found is trying to take care of myself and taking full responsibility of that and not outsourcing it, like my happiness to my husband, my nutritional value to restaurants and grocery stores, my exercise to my daughter moving around too much. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm always like, okay, yeah, I need to do my yoga. I need to do my Pilates. Yeah, I need to sit down and meditate. And it's a, it's a disciplinary act that you have to do on yourself. And it's so easy to just kind of be like, nah, like, I'll put it off. I want to do this instead. I want to relax. You know, and there's there's times where I am like, I need to relax. This is fine. Sure. But I have to talk myself out of being like, oh, I should be doing this and should be doing this and should be doing this. Right. That's not necessarily the case. But I do enjoy the way that getting onto the mat and however I choose to stretch and flow that day I know that as soon as I get on there and I put the right music on, don't get me wrong, yes. I'm not doing this in silence. Yes. Um, I'm just so connected back into something that I love so much and it makes me love myself so much because I'm taking such good care of myself. Yeah. You know, I, I'm like you, I, I do love, I love my alone time, but I also love connecting with others, but I'm a really big nurturer and I love taking care of people, not everybody, the right people that are vibrated towards me to help. Yes. Um, but it's so easy to not play airplane rules and go out and be like, I'm just going to put my cape on and run around and do this and do this. And, um, yeah, when I take care of myself and I finally pour back into that cup, I'm like, okay, I have 10 times more clarity now. Yes. Like these problems actually aren't as, they aren't what I thought they were. I was fight or flighty a little bit. Yes. And then know? it goes back to, honestly, that's, thank you for that because that is the root of the work that I do. It goes back to that presence and like nervous system regulation because of the life I lived and all the anxiety and depression that I experienced. And just to know that like, we're not always meant to be in that 
like balanced place. Like what would life be if literally nothing ever happened and it was always fine and that would be boring as hell. Like that's not why we're here. And I think when we can lean into that and be like, okay, I feel a little bit disconnected today. I think I'm gonna disconnect a little more, you know, and just lean into it. And then like, if some days you have more energy, maybe you're meant to do something special that day that otherwise wouldn't have gotten done. And I think looking at our energy from more of a holistic way rather than a judgmental way and having compassion and just like not attaching to what our experiences are really gives us so much freedom, you know? And that's that's what all of those books are saying, you know, like on a general sense, let's just sit around and look around us and just be freaking thankful for what is right now. And well, non-judgment of others is really big. And then non-judgment of yourself is the key to my meditations. Yeah. It's the key to me even writing after meditation. Yeah. There's so many things that I write that I'm observing when I write it that I, I don't feel it coming out of me. Like if I was journaling when I was a kid and I was just really getting into that paper like that, I was feeling and releasing those emotions. But there's so many things I observe and so many words that come to mind. I really do feel like I channel a lot after I meditate. And I, I'm always like, was this in me? Was this around me? Did this come to me? I have such a fascination of where thoughts come from and how I've written most of the stuff that has come out of me, especially in the last four years, it's been transformative for me to just even go back and read and look at because I, I can read it and there's a lot of stuff that I'm like, I don't have an emotional attachment to it. I think it's very cathartic and pretty and poetic. Uh, but like I really, I date and timestamp it just so I know what was going on in my life around that time. And if I really wanted to, you know, put my pieces together, I could go pull out a journal and like actually read what was going on at the time. But journal writing and then like poetry writing, which is my favorite thing to do, um, really go hand in hand for me at even showing myself like how far I've come or what I've gotten rid of or what I've released. Totally. It's one of my favorite ways to, I guess I would say like transfer the energy positively and and you know I'm like you like I think everybody has a story I think we go through our experiences for a reason to you know meet somebody on the way and you see them in that way and if you're supposed to connect with them and um, I connect their stories so when people tell me their stories I can put myself in their shoes and either experience something new through them or I'm like oh I've experienced that me too and it's just, it adds a whole other level to the connection piece and why we do go through the things we want to do. Mm -hmm. It helps when you're holding space for someone who's actually fucking gets it. Yeah. You know, versus someone that's like, uh-huh, yeah, like you can just tell it's the bull thing. Like yeah. if you have a big bull and a small bull and you're the big bull and that friend's a small bull, you're not going to, one, be able to dump all that water in that small bull. You're going to overflow your friend, your family, your spouse, whoever is there that's assigned to you at that time. Um, but if you find that person where, you know, maybe they're the big bull and you're the small bull. Feels, guess what? You can feels, dump all your shit right feels on Feels pretty good to be a little spoon, you know <laughs> yes, what I mean? Yes, it does. Yes, yeah. it does. So that's been a really good auditing system for me too. Um, just because I've, I've always been like that shoulder to cry on type person for people. Um, and I'll take all your secrets to the grave if that's what you want. Um, but finding that for me has definitely like really been a fun challenge. And I think that's where the safe space originated from was auditing my own experiences and just making like a notebook list of 
we're going to go back through and we're going to realize when we weren't unsafe and we were so unaware of it. We're like, how the fuck did we even get out of that? And then like where we are safe, what that felt like, are we able to visit those places again? Can we have those experiences or build off and recreate from them? And then let's go back and identify who we were as the person at the time when I was unsafe and what put me there. Why, why did it happen? Not why did this happen, but what did this do for me? Because I was in between like the dark and the light stages of exploration. And again, non-judgment of the self. So you can go in and find the truth. Right. It's the, the humans that really have the emotions that I still remind myself kind of like I'm my own guru sometimes. If I'm just really into it, I'm like, I'm getting a little cloudy. My human side's coming out today. So apparently she wants to be present today. So I'm not going to bypass my emotions because I can analytically analyze what I am feeling. It's like typewriting it out. It's like this mind is experiencing yes. grief, guilt, shame, yes. like whatever else. I'm like, I'm going to let it run through me. I'm not going to clog it. Yes. So what practices do I like to do when I'm feeling this sort of energy to assist myself but not like mask it and like put a band-aid over a broken leg. Yeah. And my favorite is to meditate to like heavy metal music or deathcore or whatever it's labeled as now. I don't know what it's called, but it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. It, it like music finds things for me that I can't put words to, like with the feelings, like I'll hear a song, I'll hear a lyric, I'll hear a beat and it'll just like I'll get the goosebumps and I'm like, he said that, he sang that, he screamed that so fucking powerful perfect that's my rage that's exactly what I think about the situation and I'll like I'll dive into a song like a therapeutic session over and over and the song digs for me and that's probably my favorite part that I've found like healing with music or why music has always been a really big part of my life is I feel it it heals me I see it I speak it it comes to me through my clear audience it's just my absolute love language in general, but just it's a very big healing language for me. Yes. And because I open up to it that way, I can't tell you how many times I pick up my phone and people are, if they're not sending me a playlist, a new artist, a song, this made me think of you, oh, this is totally your jam. I'm always getting sent music and concerts and so many things with just like make me feel alive. Yeah. Like if you want to win me, like you're gonna have to talk to me about music like forever play it take me to shows i mean i'm married so i don't mean like that i mean like if we're gonna be compatible most of my friendships or even like my romantic relationships in the past they were all cultivated from a foundation of music yeah well because it's vibration right and yeah it's, sound it's healing essence. to the yeah. oh girl my boyfriend's a drummer i know what you're talking about and i've seen him play and he is absolutely impressive and i love his impressive. band i love their sound me too. Me too. We have so much fun. And honestly, like when he's up there drumming and he's just like hitting the hell out of those drums, it's like hitting my heart. And I know. Weren't you so proud to see him doing like what he loves to do yeah. and you being there to support him? Yeah. I yes. think that's the coolest thing ever. And he has been doing it for such a long time that he is like a master of his craft. And it's an inspiration to me to watch him be up there because first off, he had to overcome things like I'm sure there was fears based around that. He said he used to play behind a curtain, which I think is so beautiful because now he'll just get up there and he will just tear it up, breaking drumsticks nonstop. And I mean, he's been playing for 20 years. So like 
almost as long as I've been alive. He's a little older than me, yes. <laughs> but it's really beautiful. And like I said, he is just such a master of the craft and he takes the whole room away. Like, it's like we're y'all just get in a boat and we just go on this little floating trip with the band, especially, you know, in our tiny little bar here in Wichita. Like, it's so... It's what just, is that place called? It's a really cool location. It is. It's called Kirby's. It's right over by uh, WSU, Wichita State. So It's exactly yeah. what, like, you would think a band comes and plays in. Like, the stickers all over the walls. Yeah. It's like a, I don't know, I would say 15 by 15 room. <laughs> That there's multiple everything. stages though yeah I mean there's an inside and like an outside they're both covered but yeah it's just it's bathroom. got that again like I just picture a movie being shot there for the beginning stages of like anybody's story like yeah. everybody has that place yeah. where ideas and performances and practice really originates from like direct experience is our best teacher that's the best thing you could think about yeah. what he's done over the last 20 years and sticking with music like whether you want to be like a famous rock star or whether you just love to play, hopefully it's both of those. Um, just continuing a craft like that for 20 plus years. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And like I used to always say the only thing I'll ever commit to is Eric and Copper Radiance because <laughs> I have had yet to commit to anything else in my whole life except maybe yoga. Yoga might now be on the list. But um yeah, it's beautiful because he, like I said, just has this amazing ability to commit to things. And for me, I've never been like that. I've always just been like, I'm like a little bee. One time Connie told me my spirit animal was a bee. And like I, I, and I kind of feel like that too because I just travel from like one thing to the next to the next to the next. Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of sprinkling my little bee juice all over it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but um, I think that's just the curiosity aspect. Like yeah. we are here to learn. Right. I think ignorance sets in when you either think you're done learning or I know age has a lot to do with a lot of generational trauma for people and especially the way that you think your life's supposed to look at a certain age. Yeah. I but, certainly didn't think I would be doing this in my 30s. Right. You know, but here I am doing all the things I actually wanted to do when I was younger. But I was going through all of my fun little good and bad times and whatever form of exploration it was at that time. Right. It wasn't like I couldn't sit down in those times. And now I really enjoy my solitude and my alone time and really digging in. I have had a lot of travel and a lot of experiences where I'm still hungry to go travel. I don't think my wanderlust fever ever go away, but I'm able to schedule those in more responsibly in my life. And then still like the podcast is my priority. The shy die is my priority. The festivals are my priority. My studies, my, my family, my house, my dogs. I mean, I'm not living in a van like I thought I was going to. Right. And that doesn't mean that that dream won't happen. Right. You know, like I could just get one and go like meander off whenever I want to. Right. But designing the life that I want to live based on the passions I have is one of the scariest things that has ever happened to me. And I think it was the main form of suppression that I had for so long in not creating and in accepting those gifts in a way. Yeah. So coming back into that, it's really funny because it's a lot of the thoughts that I had when I was younger. And I was like, oh, this this doesn't happen to everybody. This is mine. Like, that's interesting because I thought I thought this is how everybody thought, felt, heard, da 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 No, you're special. Yeah, and I think all of us are special. We are. Accepting it in yourself that like this is, oh, this is why I am the way that I am. That's why right. that affects me. That's why that didn't affect them. Right, because I am me. Yeah, I am me. <laughs> yeah. 
Absolutely. But Eric really showed me, honestly, that like committing to something, you can learn a lot in the things you commit to. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just learning new things by trying new things. You can learn a lot by just continuing down a road and, you know, just like having a little bit of perseverance because I think that's one thing like I never understood when I was younger was just like, I want to try this, I want to try that, I want to, and then I never had anything that was mine, you know, and so like copper radiance even, I didn't create that until I was 20, so like imagine not having anything that was you until you're 20 years old. I mean, I can because my age was far past that when I found this is where I want to be. Yeah. I mean, shy dye is the clothing section of it, but there's so much more that I like to do with it. But when I first found it, I used to just watch tie dye videos on Instagram all the time. I thought it was fascinating. That's and how then, it starts, man. Yeah. That's how it starts. I just, that's how, that's it what I did so too. good. The colors made me so happy. And then usually if I'm going to do a project, I'll go and grab all of the supplies up for it. Not because I'm going to do it, but because when I'm ready, I don't want to go and waste my time at the store. Mm-hmm. Like the, the flow is here and we're ready to create. So I got supplies ready for like two months and then just did, watched stuff and was like, I think this is what I want to try. And I just remember the first couple times sprinkling dye on the fabrics and I did ice dyes for the first time before I even went to liquids or hot water immersion or anything. And I was just, I was uh, observing how happy just this almost like childlike play thing at the time did for me because I was so like, corporately focused on what my job was giving me to like pretend to be an adult. I didn't feel like an adult. I really felt super imposter syndrome in a lot of my jobs. But then when I would go home, my family would just be increasingly proud that I like joined the 401k family and like, oh my God, I have a salary and a 401k and health insurance and stock options and I have a car and yeah, I I do this, I do this, like all like the super, super 3D stuff. So then I was just like, holy shit, this makes me happy this is crazy. And then like I would go and I would start shopping for blanks and getting new color lines. And you, I mean, you've died with me. Like, remember when all we did was just dump color in the sink and run water over it to see like what it's going to look like. So much creativity just in looking at everything. It's just euphoric. (laughs) Yeah. And we haven't even dyed anything. And then like every part of the process, putting it together, it was just so much fun. And then finally, when the design came out, you have no fucking clue what it's going to look like. And that's the best part. Yes. And then you can just go on and on and on from there. And that was like the colors, the first thing that came back to me. And that was probably the most inspiring thing for me because I would go to work and I would have color all over my hands and I would just be so happy seeing my hands stained in every rainbow color possible. And again, it was very childlike and I just like carried it with me for a little bit. I wasn't like, I'm going to be a tie dye artist. You know, I'm like, uh, this is honestly like what makes me happy right now. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow this bliss. And then it just kept leading me down to like being okay with taking my adult time and acting curious again and going, picking something up and trying it out and going, I like this, but this isn't like what I want to put my passions into. And I, again, I was at the end of my twenties when I did that still in kind of like, I hadn't had a full on spiritual awakening, Akashic remembering, whatever you want to call it. But I do think that those were the breadcrumbs for like from the divine to divert me back slowly and slowly and slowly. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much power in leaning into your childlike curiosity. That was another thing in yoga specifically that I, I hit a lot on when it comes to classes, because even just like in a yoga posture, when you 
take your gaze like an opposite direction that you think you shouldn't be looking this way, but you are, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, like I've never moved my body like this before. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Oh, you've never like turned your right or your left hand across your body and then looked right. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. even with your gaze though, like not right. just your head, but your gaze, you're like, oh, yes. that's yes. how my eyes are. Whoa. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then, gosh, it just brings you back into that presence. And, you know, when you have the kind of crazy stuff happen like I did in that hypnosis, you're like, wow, I'm so grateful to be able to see the world around me right mm -hmm. now. Like, I can see everything and all the colors. And the other day, um, I saw this video about turning my phone on, like, black and white. And they were like, you probably couldn't even do it for an hour. And I tried it, and they were right. I couldn't do it for an hour. I but wouldn't even try. No, it was cool, though. It was a cool experience because I was like, okay, like, this is what it could be maybe if I was colorblind. Mm -hmm. Like, what if I couldn't see color so vividly? And how about I really appreciate this purple cloth sitting on my friend's table that she created? And I can lean into the presence of it because it's so vivid and so soft. And, you know, I can touch it and I can feel it. I'm like, what is the point of being on Earth if not to literally eat McDonald's french fries? I know I'm going to get martyred for that but I do like McDonald's french fries and just say it's part of your human experience exactly and like touching and seeing and smelling and hearing like that's the physical like mm -hmm. that's what brings us here yeah I mean your senses I love the idea of like any energy that you're doing like your senses translating energy all day long for you, whether it's through language, whether it's through all the senses that you just said. I feel like we should do a seated yoga practice really quick. And it's just gonna be seated. You don't have to do a lot to feel a lot. And that's what I wanna remind people, like exactly what you're saying, the energetics of things and just connecting to what is the feelings that we're doing by just looking around, you know what I mean? So I guess it would honestly be a fitting outro to your episode to end it with the yoga practice because that's usually like how we end our classes and yeah. stuff too. Five minutes. Like, Give me five minutes. Before of your I time. leave, before I leave, <laughs> let me just calm you down. I'm the voice of Savasana. All right, are you ready? Okay, I okay. got my back popped. Right. I convinced her. All right, guys, we are gonna find a seated position, whether that's in your chair or maybe a comfortable spot on the floor. And we're just gonna find our sit bones here. Just finding a nice solid seat. Maybe moving the shoulders out a little bit here. We're gonna tune into our breath. Breathing through the nose, down into our belly, into our core, really expanding in every direction before we let it go. Breathing again through our nose, expanding our core in every direction, expanding our chest in every direction, and then a long exhale here. Again, just shaking out those shoulders a little bit, finding a little bit of movement in the body if it asks you to do so. All right, finding a little bit of movement here in the spine, we're gonna exhale, sending our spine back, coming into kind of a cat rounded back, and then we're gonna roll our spine off to the right side, bringing our chest forward into cow, rolling back around into cat, and just using your breath, exhaling cat, inhale, move that chest forward, cow. One more time, just going slow at your own pace. I'm going to take it going the opposite direction when you're ready. 
Again, here's that opportunity to use your gaze when you come into cow, looking all the way up towards the ceiling. As you come back into cat, looking down towards your feet or towards your chair. <sighs> Keeping with that breath, exhaling as you send your spine back, inhaling as you send your spine forward. On this next one, we're gonna bring our arm across our chest, dropping our shoulder away from our ear and then tilting our head towards our hand. Just breathe into it here, find your breath. Same options for kind of looking around the room here, finding a little bit of curiosity in your body, maybe looking up towards the ceiling, maybe looking down towards your body. We'll let that go. Bring your other arm across the body. Same thing on the other side, dropping that shoulder away from the ear, tilting your head towards the hand. Same options for curiosity with the gaze. When you're ready, we'll go ahead and let that go. We're gonna cactus out our arms, which pretty much just means 90 degree angles. We're gonna send our shoulders down and kind of pinch behind our back. And then raising our hand, exhaling, send our hands up. Inhale, pull your hands back into that cactus and move your shoulders down your spine. Following your breath, exhaling, send your hands up. Inhale, pull your shoulder blades down. Kind of almost think of these like your wings as you expand, opening up. And as you compress, creating tension to open up even more. On this next one, we're gonna bring our hands around us. We're gonna just give ourselves a nice big hug here. Maybe leaning our head side to side, finding a little bit of rocking in the shoulders and the hips. For our last move here, we're gonna drop our head low. Exhaling, inhale on your next inhale. We're just gonna take a circle of the head here. Go nice and slow. Listen to your body. Your body's your teacher. I'm just your guide for this five minutes. <laughs> when you're ready, take it going the opposite direction. <sighs> All right, get a few good breaths here. I want to thank you guys for joining me today in our short little yoga practice. And also thank you, Cheyenne, for just having me on the podcast. This is something I've wanted to do with you for so long. And I've just really, really loved this experience. And I do have to say that if you did like your yoga guidance, you are launching a subscription series through Serial Healers. Yes, I am. We'll so, be doing a lot of yoga classes through there. So these are full length classes, not just a few minutes. Um, and it's a really great price too. Um, we're launching on April 4th. So it should be launched probably by the time this comes out. Definitely. Definitely. And so, um, yeah, we're so excited about it. We're going to have um, nutrition and education based around women's cyclical health and also full length yoga classes, um, maybe some lifting stuff, um, just really based around movement in general. So um, I would love for you guys to join us over there. Like I said, $18 a month and you would get access to all that different information and then each month we're going to continue to add more 
And then, um, of course, you can find me for jewelry at Copper Radiance on Instagram. And like I said, I'm going to be relaunching my Etsy page on April 1st as well. So by the time this podcast comes out, everything will be up and running. Mm -hmm. We'll be, we'll be. So you must check out Serial Healers. Add Jenna to your repertoire of followers on not only Facebook, but TikTok. And thank you so much for sponsoring the show. Thank you, you, Cheyenne, you've for been letting a, me. You've been a sponsor of both of my shows, um, but this one I was glad that we carried over and continued the partnership just in business alone, not just in friendship. Um, you inspire me. You decorate me with powerful jewelry, intentional jewelry to take out into the world, and I'm glad that we get to work together the way that we choose to work together, whatever creative possibility that is. Me too. It's unending, man. Yeah, and <laughs> if you feel like traveling into Wichita this summer, you'll see us both out at our whatever festivals, markets, or vending opportunities Probably pop some up. Psyche and Soul stuff. Maybe some Psyche and Soul stuff. Definitely some Abundance Crystals, some definitely. Leaf and Stone. Definitely. I mean, uh, you just never know. So you'll definitely have to come back on, teach some more classes, and just keep us on update on the copper radiance and all. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Cheyenne. But before we get out of here, um, I really wanted to find uh, my concert footage of aqueous transmissions from Incubus. And I tried so hard, but I couldn't. Um, So I did pick Karma Come Back, and it's actually a little bit after the one year anniversary of when I saw them live in OKC at the, I think it's called Criterion? 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 I don't know. Look it up. I'll tag them (laughs) below for you guys. But I'm bringing you Incubus Karma come back today. And Jenna, come back sometime. I'll find you that aqueous transmission clip. Okay. All right. Love you guys. We'll see you on the next episode. This is the Hoosier Media Network, your home for podcasting. Not sure that's true. From the dark door.